Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment podcast, we're discussing a new report called Brands and Movements by Alfred, uh, which looks at how businesses face increasing pressure to act on issues impacting consumers and ask what are the pitfalls for businesses in engaging with these movements. In short, we're going to be discussing whether society's expectations of business has changed. And on the show to discuss this is Alfred MD, Dan Neal. Before we start, just shout out about our um, latest PR Moment patron, Nigel Sarbucks, who is a Danny Parker tier patron. Details of PR Moment's new patron scheme are on the homepage of PRMoment.com. And you may have seen that we have three different patron tiers, the Danny Parker tier, the Chadlington tier and the Edward Bernays tier. As a patron, you'll be thanked on the PM podcast, and you can email us a question that we'll discuss with our next guest. Also, don't forget the PM Awards final entry deadline is coming up. You've got until the 28th of January to get your entries in. Finally, thanks so much to our PM podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. Great to see you again. So come on, Dan, just talk us through this Brands and Movements research uh, and just briefly its its findings. Sure. So, I mean, firstly, we, we look to understand how close opinions are um, between consumers and business leaders, but also where there's tensions uh, in terms of those brand expectations regarding the role of brands participating in movements um, and being part of the solutions that are tackling you know the bigger macro issues in which we face today um, and secondly I mean it was not only to you know provide some commentary on the current context um, but also provide some you know insight and ingredients um, that are required to effectively help brands engage with movements so what did you what did you do you you surveyed a bunch of business leaders is that right um, yeah, so right. we surveyed a bunch of business leaders in the in the US and 150 in the US and 150 in the UK. Uh, these were all businesses with over um, 10,000 employees, okay. and also they over half of them had more than you know a billion in turnover. Okay, uh, and just there were, there were four or five key findings, weren't there? So just run us through those. Yeah, I mean, there's. There's quite quite a few bits to talk about. I mean, the first one is, you know, business leaders certainly think consumers and their expectations um, and society's expectations as a whole of business has changed over the past few years with a specific focus, you know, naturally from what we're seeing at the moment around environmental and social impact, um, as well as, you know, this focus on profit over, sorry, purpose over profit. Um, I mean, in response to these expectations, you know, business leaders are saying that they're, you know, likely to be addressing issues around, you know, the environment um, and being socially responsible. And by by listening to these expectations, um, but also, I mean, some interesting stuff. You know, two thirds of business leaders agree that purpose and profit go hand in hand. It's not, you know, mutually exclusive. You can't. You don't just have to pick one or the other. 
um, and investing in purpose will ultimately make a business more successful, which 67% said. Um, however, you know, some of, some of the stuff that was coming out, which, you know, is certainly interesting for us in terms of comms and broader, broader consultancy is that, you know, four in 10 are saying they've got a concern over getting it right, which is holding them back from engaging on the issues that matter today. Um, so, you know, the, this fear of backlash or, or even getting cancelled um, is holding some back from engaging with movements. Um, and... I mean, ultimately, you know, we're seeing that brands are open, you know, they're in many cases keen to support the issues of today. Um, but there are, are some of these risks that are holding them back from engaging on it and, you know, kind of mapping out this blueprint and a way to tackle that and insert movements in a way um, is kind of really key to why we created this. Okay. So is it, do you think it's right then, Dan, that, I mean... Brands have got a decision to make as to whether they engage in these types of issues. Some people, lots of people, plus the majority of communicators think um, brands should be engaging on, on virtually all of these issues. Is that something you agree with or do brands need to, and organisations need to, to pick and choose the issues that they, uh, they see fit to engage with? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's everything. Um, because I, I don't think you can be everything to everyone. Um, I think it's about setting out a clear vision in terms of what the business is trying to do beyond the product or service in which they create um, and then supporting that i i think there are you know obviously broader macro issues out there that are relatable to everyone you know things like sustainability um, diversity and inclusion are unified issues across many sectors that it's going to take all forms of businesses at many levels to tackle um, but ultimately, I don't think it, it's everything because what a brand needs to do is also look inwards before they engage in something. Because if they come out with a perspective on an issue saying this is what we think and, you know, you look inwards on that organisation and it doesn't tot up. Yeah, that's when you get into the getting cancelled territory. Right. Uh, so I think it's about identifying the the areas in which it makes certainly makes sense for a brand to speak out on. Okay. Um, so a couple of things on that. First of all, then, yeah. can we just define what getting cancelled means um, for it, it, within this context? Um, what, what, what are we what are we saying will happen to brands? Well, how do brands get cancelled? Sorry. I mean, generally, what we're, we're talking about there is, you know, the backlash that is in response to a brand saying or doing something. Um, and then the long-term negative impact of that um, right. in terms of, you know, be it, be it share price or, you know, brand equity and trust. Uh, but, but the, you know, the, just think about the realities of that. What that therefore means is it is that some people or a proportion of people may cancel a brand, but mm -hmm. lots of people won't, if you should have mean. It's not, a, it's not an all or nothing scenario, is it? Or is it? I mean, I think I think nothing's as as kind of black and white as that. Um, it, it's definitely not all or nothing. And I think if a decision is made before engaging on such issue, that you know that that might be the outcome. But you know what? For the longer term, you know, strategy of the business and what they're trying to achieve against their vision and mission is the right thing to do. That at times that needs to be embraced. So, Dan, how do millennials and uh, Gen Z consumers react to brands that don't engage on issues um, that are important to them? Well, I think um, what I mean, what we're really looking at is um, 
you know what what are their preferences around that so kind of 61 percent that they'd be said that they would be likely to choose a brand product or service over the competitors of equal quality if it supported the social and environmental issues that they cared about and 53 percent that said that they would pay more so i think really you know in answer to that it's that they're losing out really with this audience um and how you know things are evolving and changing over right. time and just coming because it's a really interesting piece of research because and because uh, the, the other part of, of the story of this research is that brands are sort of focusing too much on, I suppose, marketing moments as opposed to, to longer term um, movements, if you like, with the, you, using your terminology. So, so do you think that brands are over-indexing on, on, the, on creating those marketing moments at the expense of, 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 I suppose, more longer term marketing KPIs? Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, definitely a, you know, hot, hot topic in our office and, and kind of what we talk about a lot um in terms of that difference in approach and, and it's core to the model because i mean when when we talk about a moment what what we're talking about is is something that doesn't have you know all of the pillars around that we're, we'll talk about in a bit but it, it's something that's kind of here today gone tomorrow um and the movement piece is about really getting behind something over the long term building sustained action and i guess notoriety for being part of that that movement whatever it is Okay. So we're saying, are we, that, I mean, I I think broadly we would all agree or we'd like to think that society's expectations of business have changed in the last few years. But but in in what way does that come across in in the research? I mean, certainly from a business perspective, you know, they're they're seeing that there's a greater awareness and, you know, higher standards and expectations for the environment and their performance to do with environment related issues um, is into the focus. I mean, it's coming out top from, from the research at, you know, 21%. Um, then being ethically and socially responsible in terms of their behavior uh, and the values of the business is next at 16. Um, and, you know, we, we look at a whole, you know, a whole host of elements and, you know, things like greater accountability, greater transparency um, are all things that businesses have identified that, you know, things that they ultimately need to do uh, to engage with the context. Right. Um, And to what extent are consumers making a purchasing decision based on those brand values, uh, do do we think? Because there's a whole load of things involved and, uh, and I suppose the brand values is only one of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it definitely is. And I mean, this is, you know, this is something that's, you know, future gazing in a way in terms of the direction of travel in which we're, which we're heading, you know, certainly not every purchase these days is driven by value alignment. But I think we're, we're seeing a shift towards that. Um, certainly in the opinions of the kind of younger generation, um, that we, we looked at from that consumer research perspective um, and what businesses are seeing. Um, so, I mean, it, it's becoming more and more apparent um, in terms of it's forming a part of that decision-making process. And certainly when, you know, audiences say that, you know, 53% would be willing to pay more, um, that, that's quite quite powerful for, you know, a, a CMO and certainly a, a CEO that wants to, you know, create value, value in a business over the long term. Uh, what was the... The people who were, were there some age differences on the, the type of people who were prepared to pay more or was it um, fairly consistent? No, it was fairly consistent in terms of that, that age group. Right. Okay. Um, 
and we've seen just this week, haven't we, with the investor Terry Smith criticising Unilever's um, helm and mayonnaise brand and, and its sort of approach to purpose. Um, it just got me thinking, really, what, what was the to what extent do you think this this, this purpose um, element to or approach to marketing or positioning is about a company's moral compass? And, and to what extent is it about increasing sales, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's is about both um they're not mutually exclusive um i mean in fact you know brands that have you know aligned with the values um of the consumers they're connecting with um are certainly seeing that these two things actually work together um rather than working against one another um and i mean if we you know look at the commercial point alone i mean this is backed up by the consumer research and you know the stats that we were just talking about in terms of those willing to pay to pay more so i think i think i think there's a link you know i think i think often we get into a conversation it's a choice between purpose and profit um but i don't necessarily think that's the case and you know certainly that's not what what we're seeing in the stats and the numbers but but i suppose what you're the key or a key trend coming out of that is that we're we're the hypothesis that this is more important to younger people seems mm-hmm. to be coming out in the stats, if you see what I mean. And therefore, as those younger people get older it's the, and they get more money, uh, it's only yeah. going to become more important to, to business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a growing proportion of the, the generation and, you know, those those values are going to continue to be passed down, so to speak. Right. And how... In the research, there's some nice stats that, about how companies can gain the trust of, of consumers in, the, in terms of the types of things that they, they can and should be doing. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, kind of speaking out on the the issues of today um, kind of really, really shone true um, from, from that perspective um, and kind of, you know, aligning really with you know the values of their consumers and you know what they're they care about um i mean there's so many conversations and i mean i think there's some some interesting stuff um some points in there that, that are worth discussing such as you know from a brand business perspective you know they for they're most likely to actually talk about data and privacy and things like climate change is, you know, way down the list at, you know, 38% versus 60% on data and privacy. And you would have thought, right, with, you know, COP26, everything in the spotlight, brands might feel more inclined to get involved with that conversation. Go on, go on, just give us a give us a flavour. What, what, what were the, the, the sort of top five or so um, themes that were most important? Yeah, so top five, data privacy, racial inequality, um, DNI in terms of disabilities and age, mental health, um, and gender inequality, um, all up there. And then you know, climate change is is, is below that list uh, in terms of what. Uh, they uh, do you have in. a sense? Because when was the research done? Just um, Q three last year. Okay, you just wonder how much those those topics, you know, how much they change, uh, or whether they're fairly stable. It's it's difficult to know, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. Of course, and, you know, we've had GDPR, you know, kind of being a focus o- over the previous years. So, you know, of course, that's that's front of mind. But, you know, the, the, the COP train was kind of really rolling for a good proportion of last year. Um, so, it, yeah, it was surprising. But I also think it, you know, it, it kind of highlights a reality that, you know, many businesses are 
you know, getting their act together, so to speak, with what is going on inside their own organisations with regards to sustainability and their policies and how they're reshaping their businesses to um, address some of those issues. Right. And yeah, you, I guess you, you touched on that. The, my next question there, actually, I mean, it's that people have got to get their own house in order first, haven't they, before they can can hope to, yeah. before they start on, the, get, get, on, on approaching their, their approach to external comms, I should say. Uh, which companies are, I guess, with that in mind, getting this right at the moment, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, kind of coming back to the, the example that we were talking about a minute ago, but, you know, Ben and Jerry's is kind of well well seen as you know a brand that has a clear a clear purpose and it's um, you know delivering on that from the way it uses its brand ultimately as a platform um, to tackle you know some of the the issues around diversity. Um, obviously, part of the the Unilever family, um, kind of referencing the the example before, and obviously Unilever doing a lot of work, and you know they certainly came out um as one of the brands identified um within our research with business leaders as a brand that's one to look up to and which uh, were the other ones then give uh, us give us a few what did you rank them i can't remember or did you just sort of na- name yeah. some brands that were doing well yeah i mean it, it it's not ranked as such um because you know we would want to do you know so much bigger kind of sample size around right. it and research but you know the brands that were coming out ben and jerry's you know very kind of high up on that on that list yeah um, unilever right um, and then some you know expected ones from you know remembering this is across the the us and the uk you know the likes of john lewis and co-op um appear in that appear in that list um so i mean some some usual suspects but then you know also sure, sure like patagonia Apple. in there they must have been they're always in there yeah, for this sort of I stuff mean, oh, i was i was almost trying to avoid patagonia in terms of mentioning them because it's almost a cliche now isn't it in terms of a reference point around all right. this but yeah of course but go, go on give us give us the flavor of who are in there just so people can get an idea of of you know just just name a few yeah so apple um patagonia as, as we've touched on ben and jerry's okay co-op right. John Lewis. fine like the brands them. that you know they make sense don't they the, the sort of brands that, that people um the, the brands you'd expect to be people to mention um when, when talking about this sort of stuff um yeah. now you've like you've done this research project which you, you've talked about and then you you've um i suppose you sort of translated into a bit of translated it i should say into a bit of ip um when you're looking at um brands trying to create a movement um and so what are those that you've got sort of four pillars um yeah. that, that you reckon make up uh, or, or, or an important part of a for a brand to make a movement happen just just talk us through what those are yeah so it's really kind of looking at those looking at the pillars that are key to successful engagement with movements um i mean first off it's about having a leadership and culture um that is completely aligned from an organizational perspective and everyone's truly behind that issue um in terms of what the brands decided to engage with um secondly there are solid commitments that are made so making and keeping concrete commitments is you know key to demonstrating to the stakeholders that you have shared values because well you're putting a essentially a measurement framework out there saying this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to achieve and you can measure us on it um then the the third component is around having shared values 
Um, and shared values are created with, you know, more than words. And it, it kind of can take time to establish this. But this is about illustrating that the business or brand is operating with the same values as with the audiences it's trying to engage with. Right. Um, and then, I mean, the fourth piece, before we get to the heart of it, um, the fourth piece is sustained action. And, you know, this is a difference between a movement and a moment. You know, a moment won't necessarily have that sustained action um, or it certainly won't. And, and the movement is that, you know, a brand is really aligning on it, you know, like the Ben and Jerry examples where, you know, they consistently get involved in, in, in the same in the same issue and use their brand as a platform. Right. Um, and the heart of all of this is is co-creation with audiences. So bringing internal audiences as well as external audiences along and making them feel part of the brand's involvement in that journey. Right. Okay. And can we? There's some graphics. Are we able to include those graphics in the show notes? Is that yeah? yeah cool. Great. Um, and then and then to bring it all together, you've got sort of four stages um, for the organisation. So if anybody's out there thinking, "Goodness me, where do I start?" Um, uh, you can you can talk them through the, the stages for how an organisation um, can become part of a movement. Yeah. So there's. Um... There's a number of stages to that process. I mean, first off, it's about kind of what we call origination um, and articulation in terms of if, if a brand doesn't already or if it needs to revisit it, um, looking at the vision and mission behind the business um, and you know, re-establishing that and aligning it with what kind of matters today. I mean, that needs to be developed in collaboration with those stakeholders that I mentioned, internal, external. Um, so things you know using things like you know social media insights workshops research you know polling all of that sort of stuff to kind of really understand the direction and where the brand should be focusing on that's aligned with its audiences but then you know we come back to a point that we touched on earlier there's this preparation stage which is all about looking inwards and understanding well if we're going to engage on this issue so let's say i i'm a food brand um and i'm going to be all about sustainability but my factory is powered by some you know 1920s oil generators that are pumping out loads of smog it's you're going to come a bit unstuck um so it's about looking you know looking inwards at the organization to understand well is there anything in our own house that we need to get in order yeah um, before we start engaging um and then you move but, on but it's to, hard on that though dan isn't it because you know life being life you know there might be an example like that which is is pretty pretty clear isn't there but there might be yeah. some some lesser factors or some some more marginal factors or factors that some people in an organization think but other people don't or or have acted yeah. like if you see what I mean so it's it's it can get quite tricky can it can't it and, and really quite granular well yeah I mean certainly there are you know clear-cut examples and there are there are slightly grayer ones um but I think ultimately you know it could be down to innovation or you know lack of suitable technology to provide a replacement for something right uh, that means an organization can't do that yet but that's where the next stage comes in in terms of making commitments um, but that preparation stage is about looking inwards understanding what can we fix right now and what do we actually need to make a plan about to fix and that's and that's where the commitments come in in the next stage in terms of well actually let's hold our hands up we're not actually too good in this space but that's something that we're going to fix and here are all the other things that we're going to do as well. Right. Um, so that's really, you know, the, the first 
the first stage and then you move to execution of that in terms of the action and the efficacy you know the the activity that's going to support it both you know internal external campaigns that are supporting it and then you look further afield um because you know none of this stuff is is static you know it's reviewing the progress towards the commitments on a regular basis a half yearly yearly um through to um, then re- reporting on the the outcomes of that and being transparent as an organization if you haven't hit your commitments and why it was because that's what really builds trust with audiences um, and then finally you know all the movements that we've seen evolve over time they 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 shift and they change and they become less relevant and more relevant depending on the world context um, so also you know much further afield I, I'm, I'm talking maybe decade timelines here but you know, there, there can be a need for brands to kind of readdress what they stand for and what positive impact they're having on the world Daniel MD of Alfred thanks so much for coming on the show thanks a lot Ben great to talk thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast produced in association with the Marketeers Network If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.